Video Game The Movie The Podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to Video Game The Movie The Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Bertram. I am another host, Mackenzie Easton. And I am another another host, Lexi Conwell. Are we going to make that joke every time? I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, So this week we are talking about 1995's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! (laughs) In each of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers. will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will die. And his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world is theirs. It has begun. You can't run from me, Shang. I don't need to run. Uh. So, first things first. This movie has the best opening seconds of any movie we've watched so far. It just starts with the Mortal Kombat theme and everything's on fire and it's perfect. Okay, you know, that's fair. That's that is fair. I that's fair. I was hyped during the opening. (laughs) It's just straight in on the Mortal Kombat theme and they shout Mortal Kombat at you and then an angry like Chinese warlord kills a dude and then stares directly into the camera. It's a great opening. Anyway. Also, the dude who's being killed stares straight into the camera, screams, Lou! And then the warlord screams or yells, your soul is mine. (laughs) It's very Uh, extra. This movie is a lot. This movie is a lot. It's interesting that we're going back to back on Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. I guess like arcade fighting games were just the go-to in this time period for movie adaptation. And I guess it's fair to ask the question, which of these we had a better time with? I think this is a very individual experience thing here. I'm starting with Nathan because he's in front of me and I can pick on him. Okay, I I like both of these movies for similar reasons in that they're both really dumb, but really lean into how dumb they are. Are, and they have at least a couple actors in each that are super committed to the to these characters. I think that Mortal Kombat is even stupider than Street Fighter is. You'd be right. That's fair. Yeah, and has even like less of a plot. Cares less. There's no plot. I mean, there is, but well, there it's is, so there is bad. a plot. But it's a yeah. video game plot. It is bone thin. The stakes are way higher. Street Fighter is more recognizable as a movie. Yeah, and I feel like that. <laughs> almost makes it a slightly less fun experience overall than Mortal Kombat. Yeah, hmm. if we were talking like on an objective level, Street Fighter's probably better. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it yeah. definitely yeah. is. 
at least I can say about Street Fighter is that everybody who's supposed to be acting in it, for the most part, is doing that. And you I don't mean, have one of the primary characters being whoever played Sonya Blade in this movie. God, you just can't. I'm sorry. She's trying. <laughs> that's, that's Bridget Wilson. Sorry, uh, Bridget. Not your best performance. She wasn't actually supposed to be in this movie, and we'll get to that later. Oh, oh boy. Interesting. Um, Street Fighter also has an actual good director, whereas this is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who is known for directing very big, dumb action movies. Yes, this is the beginning of the Paul W.S. Anderson video game movie saga, because he later will make like eight Resident Evil movies, of which I don't know if we want to actually cover all of the Resident Evil movies, but I Maybe we'll we could just do like at least a few of them. A big like glob episode at the end of the Resident Evil series and just talk about it as a thing. But mm-hmm. uh like he, they're not he's he's most prominently known for having a really hot wife and putting her in all of his movies. And she's not married to him yet at this point. So <laughs> No, that wouldn't they wouldn't get married until two thousand nine. Yeah, after he steals her away from the fifth element guy. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's known for things like Event Horizon and Alien versus Predator and that Death Race remake from a few years back. That was fun. It wasn't not particularly good, but it was fun. Unlike this yeah, movie. Like, his <laughs> movies tend to be fun, even when they're not good. So we never got Luxie's but straight anyway. opinion on this. Uh, you didn't have as good a time at it as it with it as Nathan did, clearly. No, I despised every moment of this movie. I I <laughs> Even the moment where Johnny Cage punches a skeleton till it explodes and then like drops a one-liner and a photograph of him burns up in lava. That fight scene was one of the better fight scenes in this movie. And in <laughs> hindsight, there are this movie has more things going for it than I'm than like I gave it credit for as I watched it. But as I watched it, there were very few moments that I actually enjoyed. That's fair. That is totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> for for context here, uh, we did just watch it last night, me and Nathan. I did we too. had a couple a couple drinks uh, mm. because we're adult people who are allowed to do that. Honestly, by a couple drinks, I mean literally. I had one drink and he had one Caesar, so it wasn't actually helpful in all and enjoying the experience. But the first time we watched it, we were in a crowded theater of like rowdy video game nerds, and it was a lot more fun. Mm. It's it's definitely a film that having a different atmosphere helps. I can see um, that. I watched oh, it yeah. mostly alone. This this is a movie that you watch on like a weekend with friends and alcohol and make fun of. It's it's alcohol it's a good isn't necessary, but it's friends necessary. who are willing to boo a movie are. <laughs> yeah, mm. this is this is a good bad movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, put it in the pantheon with things like. Uh, the room, but less sexual. Although it's still pretty sexual. <laughs> it's got its moments. I, I remember the distinct sense of disappointment I got the first time we watched this. Watching Sonya Blade mostly be wearing clothes for most of the movie. I mean, she's wearing shorts, but whatever, it's hot. And then she gets put in this horribly hideous dress that I think is supposed to be sexualizing, but is just so ugly that I couldn't even see it that way. Yeah. I mean, she starts off in a a black turtleneck and like high-waisted jeans. It's like combat gear mostly. Yeah. Well, she's, she's like a cop or something. And then, yeah. Over the course of the movie, she loses the sweater and is wearing a tank top and then at some point must have cut the legs off of her pants <laughs> into cutoffs. 
Yeah, which I think is fair because they are on a really like hot island in a demon mountain or something. We should actually describe the plot at this point. We we also haven't gotten your uh, opinion, Kenzie. Oh, yes. I think I'm somewhere in between here. I think the first time we watched it with the crowd, I had a really good time. And this time I was impressed by like the puppet work on Prince Goro. That was cool. I wasn't. Uh, (laughs) The design's not great. The effect is, in my opinion, but we can get on that later. Uh, Katana's hot and I mean some of the fight scenes are fun that's about where I'm at so Lexi you are responsible for describing the plot (laughs) it's very loose there is almost no plot there are basically three main characters Sonya Blade Johnny Cage and Liu Kang who are all good martial artists for various reasons and all have very minor mostly unimportant subplots and (laughs) they for very through very Liu's is important Liu Kang's plot subplot is Fair. is important. It's his subplot is more relevant to the main plot in that he's the chosen one or something. But yeah. <laughs> basically, these three get wrapped into this competition called Mortal Kombat that serves as a gateway kind of guard thing for other worlds. And the Emperor of Outworld is trying to get into Earth. And if his forces win ten Mortal Kombats in a row, which they They've won nine, and this is the 10th one. If they win, he gets to enter Earth and conquer it and turn it into a horrible, bloody rock demon realm. And so they have to stop that, but they kind of just show up and fight some people. I'll get into the like very loose subplots here because again they mostly don't tie in and they're I guess supposed to set up for character arcs but it's mostly just excuses to get people on the boat yeah <laughs> that goes to the island the spooky boat that's clearly not moving in any of the scenes when they're on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we mentioned that the movie opens with a guy killing another guy on like a temple that's the like villain killing Liu Kang's younger brother Chan? Chan. Chan. So at the beginning of the movie, Liu Kang's brother gets murdered, and so he has to go home to this monastery he used to live in, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why did you abandon us? Now your brother's dead, and you're still the chosen one. And he's like, this is all bullshit. And then Raiden shows up, who is a god, but also like just Christopher Lambert. It's just Christopher Lambert, and he's supposed it's to just... be a Japanese god of thunder. Yeah, so he's... <laughs> It's and he shows up in like hobo gear. It's just like the, the, it's, the I think it's going of, for like an Obi Wan thing, but it's super not pulling it the off. The casting choice is so bad. Also, halfway through the movie, his lips start to get chapped, and it never gets better. <laughs> Anyways, Raiden's there, and then he does some magic shit to prove that he's magic, and Liu's like, okay, fine, I'll go to the tournament so that I can murder the guy who killed my brother, and that's it. So that's Liu Kang's whole motivation. Uh, He eventually, like, you know, lets go and deals with the death of his brother and murders the guy for the right reasons, I guess. Is the implication? Sonya Blade, <laughs> at some point in the past, had her partner killed by a guy named Kano, who is an Australian dude with a metal eye, who is very rapey. Yeah. Uh, and she just wants to kill Kano because revenge. Uh, revenge also, she's is an a element cop. Here. He's a murderer. Yeah, she's like a cop. Like, he's a murderer. But also, it's specifically because it was her partner. Yeah. Uh, so basically, she just, like, gets tricked into going onto the boat by following Kano, and then later she kills him. It's uh, very anticlimactic. And then, and then she's, like, the sexual object of desire for like two of the characters the villain and the third main character jonathan cage (laughs) johnny cage's motivation is by far the stupidest yep oh absolutely uh so johnny cage is a white martial artist actor which is like not really a thing 
that exists, but okay, we'll believe it for the sake of this movie that one of those happened in this universe. Uh, I guess we've got Keanu Reeves, but he's not white. Keanu Reeves is he's also like, n- 16 things. He's also not particularly like martial artsy. He's more like guns and does- assassins. I mean, he does a lot of martial arts stuff, yeah, but, but it's always that- mixed into other things. I yeah. Think- I think the genres are different. And like the. He's got more gun fu than straight kung fu. Yeah films but anyways johnny cage uh, is introduced in like a fake fight scene and then which has the best cinematography in the movie yeah it does (laughs) this we'll talk about cinematography later i'll get through johnny cage's bit through so he uh gets tricked into joining the tournament he's the only one who knows about the tournament besides Liu kang ahead of time uh like sonia doesn't know what's going on she just gets tricked onto a boat he actually intentionally joins this tournament under the false pretenses of his agent telling him it's a good idea, or like his farmer martial arts trainer, Boyd, who turns out to just be the villain in disguise. But he never figures that out, so I guess at the end of the movie, they're going to have a talk. Um, (laughs) So anyways, Johnny Cage ends up going to the docks, is racist to Liu Kang, and then gets on the boat. And his whole arc is supposed to be getting over his ego, because the reason that he wants to do this is because people think he's a fake, and he wants to prove that he's not a fake. Whatever, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And then I guess we're supposed to think that he and Sonya are an item at the end of the movie, but they have no chemistry. None. Just like the opposite of chemistry. Ugh. Anyways, so that's Mortal Kombat. There's also Katana, who's like, I guess, the fourth most important character, who is the princess of the other world, whose like parents were killed when the other guy took over, and who like is just trying to help Earth because she doesn't want the same thing to happen to it, but also the villain is just really bad at stopping her from doing this. (laughs) And she's hot but that's about it she like helps them at the end yeah so what do we want to talk about first because this movie has some elements in it that we can discuss deep thematic (laughs) no just like nonsense yeah it's a lot of nonsense (laughs) yeah do we want to talk about i don't know technical things first sure uh the effects in this movie i mean it's a movie from like the early 90s so keep that in mind 95, right? Yeah, 95. So this movie's 23 years old, as I'm I. Uh, And some of the sets are nice. Some of the sets are pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like the big dining hall set, that's really cool. Uh, Uh, That forest they shoot some stuff in looks cool. The hell pit that Johnny Cage falls into to fight that skeleton is all right. I really liked the hell pit, actually, Um, (laughs) Uh, as far as a design goes. But they also have this bad habit of doing bad overlays on just big, cool temples that they're shooting at and like those all look bad uh everything in that world looks bad all the cgi looks bad all the cgi looks bad Prince, even for 1995 even for 95 like keeping in mario mind we watched jurassic park mario bros did better than yeah jurassic their... park was like two years before this like there's not really an excuse yeah uh they they shoot a lot of stuff in daylight that they really don't need to that doesn't help anybody um yeah it doesn't look very good. The cinematography, except for that one time on that film set where they had this cool, tall shot within like an open airplane hangar doors and this over the top thing. And I don't know, it, that film, the introduction of Johnny Cage was amazing. And I was like, oh, this movie's going to have good cinematography. And then later in the movie, they had this horrible thing where they're like talking to each other in some big chasm. The, it <laughs> oh, yes, zoomed... the one where it's like a weird side scroller and then goes like above them in a weird angle it zooms up out of away from them up above them and then fades cross fades back to them and there's suddenly (laughs) a monster shadow on the wall that runs off and it's like what happened 
There are also just so many Dutch angles in this movie. <laughs> yeah, this guy's There's, got the fight scene with Goro is shot. It's shot reverse shots a lot of the time, but yeah. it's doing it from Dutch angles <laughs> to Dutch angles the opposite direction. It's not as Dutch angly as, say, Battlefield Earth, but it's about as Dutch angly as the first Thor movie, which is to say, a bit much. <laughs> Uh, uh, one of the things that I'm most excited slash terrified about for the sequel, which is the next movie we have to do, oh, no. is that the next movie is directed by the cinematographer of this one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the cinematographer is clearly like ambitious. Like he's clearly trying to do interesting things with this. Because like, yeah, he's doing a lot of really weird, dumb angles, but he's doing. Like, he's not just shooting it like it's TV. Like, he's trying to do something filmic with it. He just, I just don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. There's all the Dutch angles. And so all... many zooms. There's that dolly zoom. Yeah, there's a lot of dolly zooms. Uh, the one that really showed me that this guy is clearly ambitious, but maybe not great at framing is there's like a tracking shot down a tunnel of like shirtless men <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> like once they get to the like yeah. dining hall for the first fight, that's like a pretty long tracking shot. And then there's like a couple other tracking shots in the monastery where they're like following running monk children and it's like mm. these are pretty stable good tracking shots but they're framed terribly like they're framed at people's belly buttons <laughs> and that shot specifically was also uh, it, like it clearly was not on either on tracks or a proper dolly because it was moving slightly like shaky cam style mm -hmm. but it was also just ever so slightly tilted to the left <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we want to talk technicalities on this movie we could have a field day oh, uh, yeah. costumes T costumes are bad uh, uh, not all of them are bad but a lot of them are bad scorpion and sub-zero are like picture perfect to their video game compatriots but the material that the like color part of their suits is looks like it's made out of plastic so it feels very sweaty they look very cheap mm -hmm. yeah katana wears this like brazier leather corset armor piece a lot of the time which is weird it looks like something out of the xena tv show uh, it does. Oh, it's right. very Xena. Katana is actually very Xena across the board. So yeah, Raiden is the worst offender though. Oh, Raiden, absolutely. he's dressed in like hobo gear, but he also just looks kind of like that one guy in your like old neighborhood when you were a kid who was retired, but he was like kind of a hippie. So he dressed like in a lot of weird flowy clothes, but instead of like colors or even just browns and oranges, it's all white all the time. So it looks terrible it's not a good look they're going for like the obi-wan secretly powerful like hobo kind of sh shtick but it's all white which makes it look way worse and also like so much of it just looks like thrift shop stuff <laughs> just got the worst wig and the wig is bad oh. it's so bad and the effects on his eyes are terrible because he gets like lightning eyes when he does stuff and it's just miserable also his performance is just it's bizarre so bad. affecting this weird accent he is the best like... part of this movie to no be he's clear. not he is though because he's the worst part of the movie <laughs> Uh, it's this weird, it's not like an Asian accent, but it's also not, it doesn't sound like it belongs anywhere. It kind I think of sounds like a Hong Kong accent. I think he was trying a little bit. to meet that. 
but yeah. not doing it. Yeah, like, I don't know why the they had Christopher Kong... Lambert. <laughs> why? I don't know why he's there. It's such a weird pull. He neither displays the, like, hidden power, like, friendly old man vibe that Alex Guinness gives off, or the, like, genuinely intimidating, powerful god aesthetic. He's just kind of, like, a Buffy villain. Oh. But, like, not a good Buffy villain. One of the ones from season one, <laughs> when they weren't really sure what they were doing. He also doesn't really hide his powers ever. Also, arbitrarily at the end of the movie, it's like, and I can't go to that other world and help you. Uh, okay, why? <laughs> uh, also, like, Lou seems to be completely aware of this and sure that he can do it. Like, how do you know all of these things? You've never been to another world? Yeah. You didn't even believe that Raiden was an actual god until he, like, shot lightning out of his eyeballs. <laughs> So the worst effect isn't any of this stuff, though. It's not the costumes. It's not anything. It's fucking reptile. Oh, that yeah. horrible chameleon was hideous. So it looked okay when it was invisible. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, like, it like did a, a decent job of, of the distortion. Like, that looked fine. Apparently. But when it was actually an animated character, it's the worst thing. So apparently, Paul W.S. Anderson, the director, had no idea what reptile was going to look like when they were shooting, and neither <gasps> did the actor who was playing Liu Kang. <laughs> <laughs> who has oh, no. to actually interact with this reptile because <laughs> they didn't know what it was going to look like because it was 1995 and CG was pretty new. It wasn't being used by a lot of people in live action, so they didn't know what they were doing. But did no one like draw it for them? Just like, hey, this is what it's going to look like. I don't even think that level of pre-visualization was standard not. yet, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, Robin Shu, who played Liu Kang, had no idea what this thing was, lo- was going to look like. I do want to give some of the actors a little bit of credit because I did like piss on Sonya Blade and uh, Raiden pretty hard there. The villain is like a pretty charismatic like crazy villain boy Uh, and I I actually Mm -hmm. the guy who played Johnny Cage knows exactly what kind of movie he's in and is playing his character pretty well and his one liners hit pretty good like he's fine. Yeah the guy who played uh, Shang Tsung the villain uh, is Kerry Hiroyoku Tagawa. It's a great name. Hiroyuki I apologize for terrible pronunciation uh he came to his audition dressed in full costume and read his lines out standing on a chair <laughs> so they were like yes him my king we have discovered the the true hero of this story the actor who played shang sun he is just chewing the scenery every chance he gets he knows what it's, he's doing yeah. yeah and i do think you have to give this movie a little bit i'm not usually of this opinion, but like, especially in the 90s, movies that are kind of aimed at younger audiences tend to be very dumb, consistently across the board. And the funny thing about this movie is it's pretty bloodless for being based on a game. The thing that Mortal Kombat did that made it stand out, the game, was that it was really gory and didn't shy away from just being a super violent fighting game. It's like horrifyingly brutal, but also absurd. Like you can turn people into penguins and then explode them. Yeah, like there's a whole mechanic in the game about just brutally dismembering your enemy at the end of a match. Yeah, it's a weird movie to try to like, like, you know, if this movie was attempted a few years ago, it would have been the grim, darkiest Zack Snyder bullshit. (laughs) And I much prefer this because at least this has some ounce of fun in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Like people are having a decent time. I think the most blood that there is in this movie is when when, uh, Johnny Cage punches that skeleton really hard. Mm hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. And it like gurgles it on fire. Or it when or when Sub-Zero um like shatters a dude. Yeah, but he gets iced to death, which isn't gory gory. There's like pieces of him everywhere. Yeah, it's gross. It's just <laughs> not like bloody. Fair. Uh, Sub-Zero also gets stabbed through the heart with an icicle later, which is... It's his entire torso. His entire torso. Uh, oh, the worst, most upsetting visual element of this isn't anything bloody or intentional, though. It's fucking Scorpion's hands. And he does that yeah. hand thing where the bugs come out. It's both not a good effect and upsetting to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time he does it, these outworld ninjas show up on the boat to the island and show off their powers. And the effect on Scorpion's hand thing is so bad. The motion tracking isn't accurate frame to frame. Oh yeah. So as it's as it's rotating around him and this thing is coming out of a wound in his palm, it's also like kind of bouncing up and down. I remember and that. I noticed that too, but I forgot oh, it about looks it. So oh. terrible. So this movie clearly didn't have like the highest budget in the world or they just miscalculated how to spend it wildly. <laughs> Did you figure out, Nathan, where the money went on this movie? Uh, not specifically. Okay, then my specific guess is breakdown of the production. So, Mortal Kombat's budget was twenty million U.S. dollars. That's not very much. Is it? I mean, it was nineties dollars, right? But still, that's like for something this big scale. As far as the breakdown as I can understand it is, it looks so much worse than Street Fighter because it's got like three or not Street Fighter. What was the other one? I was comparing this to something aesthetically. Talking about the effects work in Jurassic Park, how Jurassic Park is three years earlier and the CG effects look so much better. Yeah. But Jurassic Park has sets that look like an amusement park because that's what it is, and only like four characters that talk. Yeah. For more than like half the movie, which you know keeps the price down. Mortal Kombat has like tons of just actors and martial arts people and stunt people and Mm. coordinators for all of that crap and clearly they shot a bunch of stuff on location in like different Asian countries and also they have this eight foot tall puppet man with four arms that they have to deal with and the money didn't go on paying actors who were names so it must have gone towards locations hiring a shit ton of like martial arts people and the puppet because it didn't go to the effects and it didn't go to the actors or the cinematographer or well i don't know the, the cinematographer might i don't know what his, his or the his, scripting didn't go to the script no there there are a few actors that money was going to go to oh but didn't <laughs> so there are a few different actors that were supposed to appear in this movie uh firstly so a little bit of background on the game actually the okay. game was inspired by jean-claude van damme the company that made this game wanted to make a fighting game that basically would be featuring jean-claude van damme as a character essentially they tried to do a blood sport game originally but they couldn't get the rights to the movie so they went ahead on their own and did it more based around a sort of weird asian mythology thing this is very common in the arcade yeah. game era like the the invention of mario is literally like we couldn't get the popeye rights yeah. we'll still just make the game <laughs> so then when they were designing johnny cage they essentially based him off of jean-claude van damme and they wanted jean-claude van damme to be in the movie but they couldn't get him because he was locked into doing street fighter so oh. Then they were going to get Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee is the inspiration for Liu Kang's character in the game, but they couldn't get Brandon Lee because he died on the set of The Crow. So they had to hire their third choice, which was Lyndon Ashby. Who did fine. Who does fine. He trained very hard for this, but he was also just not 
up to the same level of of like an action star as either Jean-Claude Van Damme or Brandon Lee, who are both really well-trained fighters and yes. did have extensive background in action cinema. Lexi, do you not know the, the Brandon Lee story? No. Oh, God. So Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, okay. uh, died at, what, the age of 27? Ah, yeah, it was something Tragically like young very, uh, on the set old. of The Crow because he got shot yeah. by a prop gun. A prop gun was improperly loaded with its blank, and a piece of debris got inside the barrel and was fired into him, and he died of infection in the hospital. Yikes. Wow. Because they didn't, they didn't have a firearms safety person on set. That day. Uh, so remember, kids, check your fake guns before you shoot them directly at a human, which you're not actually supposed to do anyways. Like the guidelines for this kind of thing, you're supposed to actually shoot to the side. Yeah. Mm. In case something like that goes wrong. Anyways, tragic death. That was one. Another one was Sonya Blade was not originally supposed to be Bridget Wilson. Obviously. <laughs> originally, they had Cameron Diaz slated to play oh. Sonya Blade. Oh my God. But she broke her wrist during training and couldn't shoot. No. no! We only lost her due to injuries. That's so sad. I want the Mortal Kombat with Cameron Diaz in it. <laughs> That would be such a weird mark on her like filmography. This, this is this is really mean on Paul Anderson's part. Apparently, he nicknamed Bridget Wilson Robo Babe. Aww, uh, that's mean. That's a mean thing to say. But He's she did right, perform all her own it. stunts and her own fight scenes. You can tell she's physically like, quite she's, gifted. She's yeah. just kind of not good at reading lines. Yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't help that the dialogue in this movie is so stupid. Yeah. yeah it's not great. Yeah. Anyways, the oh, movie is not great. That reminds me of there's a moment where someone dies, I, some fighter that we, I don't think, have ever met before, but gets killed by Goro. And after he dies, Sonya screams. We get a cut to Sonya, <laughs> but like 10 seconds later, where she screams, No. No. Okay, so this character actually is one of the two named black characters in the movie with lines. Um, there are some like random black extras who are shirtless and I don't they know. Fight. Well. Cards. They fight? Okay. So anyways, this guy's name, I think it's like Art, right? It's something like that. He is introduced earlier in like one scene where he talks with Johnny Cage about how he's a good fighter, actually, and hopes that the tournament goes well. He and was that guy? Yeah, it's that guy. And then he's in the background of a bunch of other scenes. And then he gets murdered. And for some reason, Sonya's the one who's upset, even though we've only seen him talk to Johnny Cage. And then he says no, like 10 seconds after that. Sonya screams. (laughs) And then it cuts back to the fight as his soul is being absorbed by Shang Tsung. (laughs) And then it cuts cuts to Johnny Cage, who screams no. And his no is much more affecting. Yeah. I didn't even notice his no, because it was just so distracted by how bad the timing was. It's all very bad. Uh, I guess that's an element we should talk about. The villain is also bad because he sucks up the souls of the enemies he's killed, like Katana's sword in Suicide Squad. Yeah, this is an element that's actually pulled from Mortal Kombat 2, the game, which is is one of his fatalities in the second game, is Mm. being able to suck the uh, defeated opponent's soul into himself. This is not really all that important. It's just a thing he seems to enjoy doing. It is like the last fight is between Liu Kang and a bunch of dead people, I guess. Which lasts and 30 then seconds. Also, 
Lasts like 30 seconds. And then in a better movie, the like climactic end of the final battle would actually be pretty affecting, but the movie's just not very good. So it doesn't work. But so Liu Kang's whole thing is his brother died and he's been trying to get revenge for his brother and he feels responsible for his brother's death. And the final challenge he has to face to save the world is the villain like disguises himself as his dead brother and offers him like forgiveness and stuff. And he has to kill him. Because it's not actually him. That could be really good if the movie didn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the brother character, like the guy, the actor who plays the brother is giving it his all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, Nathan, you got something on your mind there? Uh, the only other black named character in this movie is Jax, who is a character from the games, but he shows up here as... Sonya's new partner, who she leaves at the dock to get on the boat, and we never see him again for the rest of the movie. Yep. Yeah. This, so the was, a, this oh. was another character that was supposed to be played by somebody else. Uh, Steve James was cast to play him originally, who, for those who aren't familiar, Steve James was a fairly notable like uh, action star who was in like Delta Force and The Exterminator, played a lot of in a number of the big action movies of the 80s. So, uh, you know, an action incompetent guy. But he died of pancreatic cancer a year before the production on the film began so they had to recast him. It seems like a lot of people died or were injured in pre-production on this movie. But like in ways that aren't anybody's fault. Yeah, it's really. just like bad luck on it the part of casting people. It like this movie was plagued by a lot of bad luck really early. <sighs> yeah, I don't not that I think having a better slew of actors really would have solved a lot of the problems. Oh, probably no. not. But it might have helped a little bit. Also, the end of this movie, so they defeat the guy. And then for some reason, everybody's just back at Liu Kang's place, like walking in a line, hugging each other. The people have been paired off into heterosexual couplings, even though Liu Kang and Johnny Cage have way better chemistry than Johnny Cage <laughs> and Sonya Blade. One of the other reasons I think I might first Street Fighter, to be completely honest, is because Mortal Kombat just has way less homoerotic subtext in it to really enjoy. It's just a painfully straight movie most of the time. Time, which is a shame. I didn't, even see it. I didn't even see it being straight. It was just so. It was just fight one like n- uncontextualized fight scene after another. So this is the worst part of the movie. Is when the fights start. It starts off kind of making sense. Like okay, it's Liu Kang's turn and he wins his fight, and then you set up the stakes of the soul sucking thing, and then Sonya gets pulled in because like oh Kano's there and she wants to murder him, and so she kills him. But then Johnny Cage's fight is just for no apparent reason all the way across the island in a different chunk of the like place in a forest for no reason we don't see how he gets there we don't get an introduction to the fight it just cold cuts to him in the (laughs) middle of a forest and then scorpion is there and and they they start fighting and then they go through this happening yeah (laughs) is this happening at the same time how is this tournament structured is this like round robin style (laughs) that doesn't work because they die at the end of each fight and then also Liu Kang has two more fights than either of them in the time yeah in the time that um, Sonya and Johnny have one fight each Liu Kang fights three different people (laughs) one of whom is kind of a sexy fight with Katana because I don't know they're just like <laughs> it's supposed to be though. It's clearly framed that it's supposed to be. I guess. They had a romance in a different version of the script, but they cut it because 
they, it's not even a hundred percent cut though. It's not they still act cut, like it's a thing. But they, um, it was more explicit in different versions of the script. But they cut it because they wanted to focus more on the action than oh my God, the like, characters. They should have focused on the characters a little bit because, like, I remember that fight. Yeah. They, I mean, it's not even a fight. It's like they're sparring, and she's telling him like, "Use the element of life in your next fight." And then we, and then the fight gets stopped because the king or whatever guy is like disappointed in her and so the fight just ends and then we cut straight to Liu Kang just kind of walking into the weird spooky palace again and Sub-Zero waddles down the stairs and they just start (laughs) fighting and there's nothing else to it it's just they're fighting now and he immediately gets he like oh use water to beat him after we have a flashback to the scene that we just had no it's not even a flashback katana shows up to stand awkwardly at the edge of the fight and not do anything she was in and the then cl- he oh. he looks at her and the line plays that she just said like five minutes ago and then he out loud says water and then dramatically swings a bucket at sub-zero <laughs> This movie's it's pacing like, is so bad. Oh, the pacing it's is pacing atrocious. Is terrible. The the structure is terrible. Ugh. It is like the only reason it's so l- easy to follow is because nothing's happening. It's, there's nothing going on. <laughs> it's, it's a very superficial movie. Like say what you will about Street Fighter's overcomplicated sixty character cast. Stuff's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's try to find some positives. What is the best moment in this movie? <laughs> I liked it when uh, when Johnny Cage is getting off the boat with like 10 suitcases and just face plants into the water. Yes, that's good. Uh, I like when Liu Kang throws his suitcase in the water because he's being a racist. Oh yeah, yeah. that was good that's too. That's good. He just asks the first Asian person he sees to carry his bags onto the boat. Like, come on, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, also the moment where Johnny Cage punches a skeleton and then goes, huh. <laughs> And then dramatically cuts to a shot of an autographed photo of him burning, which is, I guess we're supposed to assume Johnny Cage just carries these yeah, and like yeah. gives them out to people. But it is much better to believe that Scorpion was a fan. Yeah. That That is a kind of obscure reference to something in the second game. So the first game got really heavily criticized by a number of groups for how violent it was, especially regarding the fatalities. Mm. So in the second game, they introduced a kind of parody of the fatality mechanic called friendship moves, <laughs> where like instead of violently dismembering your opponent, you do like a handshake or whatever instead. Uh, okay. And so his thing, it, um, Johnny Cage's thing in in that game was to like give them a signed photo of him. Oh. So that was a reference to that. I prefer my headcanon that this wasn't actually supposed to be a fight at all. Johnny Cage was just being a huge dick to this guy who's trying to show him his hell pit. He Scorpion, says welcome as soon Scorpion's as he gets there. Scorpion's just a big fan. <laughs> yeah, just get over here, man. I want to show you my cool hell pit. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to my hell pit. This is my crib. <laughs> this is all my stuff. It's all red and there's skeletons everywhere. Thought you would appreciate it. <laughs> Then he murders him for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No good reason. Uh... <laughs> also, are we to believe based on what happens with Reptile? Okay, so there's this like lizard that's supposed to be spying on them that doesn't really really seem to be that important that they later shove into a weird statue in Outworld and becomes the fighter character Reptile, who is 
a palette swap of Sub-Zero and Scorpion, but in green this time. Are we supposed to think that Sub-Zero and Scorpion are like other things shoved into statues or is it just like the default like version of humanity from Outworld is guy in perfectly matched ninja <laughs> outfit? I have no idea what that's supposed to be. Like yeah. the lizard gets shoved into a statue, which then grows tendrils and turns into a human person. And then when he gets murdered, they turns- step on the lizard when it tries to come out which is like falling out of the statue alongside like all sorts of other horrible bugs and like there's cockroaches and grubs and just yeah apparently he's made of bugs i don't know (laughs) this movie has its moments uh so the goro puppet is probably the most like intense element of the production like i can see they spent a lot of money on that what are our opinions on goro as a character he's nothing i kind of thought that it was just two dudes stacked on top of each other (laughs) there is one major design flaw Uh, nathan do you have an opinion oh yeah so i where i landed on my opinion of the goro puppet is that i think the actual effect of it the way that it moves looks pretty good it's just designed badly in that rather than like attaching the two extra arms around like the back under the shoulder blades where it would make more sense proportionally for them to be they have elongated the torso of this humanoid (laughs) figure by like twice as much as twice as long as it should be and just stuck the two arms directly underneath on the sides like where the ribs should be he's very tall it looks so weird like if you're gonna do that design you need to make him like twice as wide as he is also and Mm -hmm. he's not and it's unsettling. I think what they were going for was so that the arms would be like easily manipulable because like he does use all four arms quite a bit, mm-hmm. but is it really worth how ugly it looks? I'll, I'll say this. It like moves realistically and like the facial stuff is really solid on it. It's like pretty, pretty good on that level. It's just not initially visually appealing, which is a shame because the effects guy who did most of the puppeting work is like a really sta- like stand-up good effects guy. He was on a lot of good stuff. He was like on Starship Troopers and a bunch of other things. Good effects movies of the era. So like I'm not slamming the effects work on Goro in that way. Just like he looks weird. Weird in like a not intentional way, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I mean, he certainly looks better than like the monster man in Street Fighter who is just a guy in green makeup and a bad wig. Yeah. But that's not hard. Like, come on, guys. Have better standards. Uh, Lexi, any thoughts? We need to keep trucking. Um, there was one, or on Goro? Just in general, if there's anything you really feel like you need to get out about this movie. Um, well, okay, so there was one fun, another fun moment where, um, Sonya's been captured, the end of the movie, and she's like, my friends will come for me, and then, uh, Liu Kang and Johnny, like, pull their hoods off as like cultists and they're like we're already here and it's like this this was a good line this would have been really funny if it had been set up even at all like they cut from a conversation with katana where it's exposition dump about her backstory and then that yeah i guess they just got there somehow that's another thing about the costume that's weird is about halfway through nathan pointed this out is that a lot of the background characters are just dressed like catholic monks Mm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah Yeah. oh i do they just they just have just brown hooded monks robes 
but not like Shaolin monks or any identifying feature to make them seem more menacing or cult-like. They're just wearing the traditional monks robes. Um, I speaking of like Shaolin monks, they I thought that the casting, other than certain people like Christopher Lambert, was pretty good. Like it, yeah, there was no yellow face or anything. Yeah, and they <laughs> that, like village of or like temple, they seemed legit. Yeah, they it was like not horrifyingly racist particularly i mean like it's stereotypical like mystical martial arts nonsense but like the casting's pretty solid as far as like diversity is concerned Um, i have one one more thing written down in my notes okay it just says yeet the feast (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that is the other best moment in this movie (laughs) so shang su is going to demonstrate the power of his fighters to the human challengers, and they're at this welcome feast on his island. So he has his mooks run in and just (laughs) throw the table over to get it out of the way so that Sub-Zero can ice a guy to death in front of them as an intimidation display. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's just like they throw a couple tables over, and then I think... Yeah, there's like three or four tables. There's like full like meat roasts of turkey and whatever just on them, completely untouched. Yeah, and they're like pretty low to the ground tables. So like it's a pretty active job to like crouch down and flip them over. And they flip it over and lengthwise. Yeah, they do it the long way. Also, I'm pretty sure after this, the actual fight is like was filmed separately because they didn't like move the stuff that they flipped off of the table out of the way. They just flipped some tables and then suddenly there's an entire arena's worth of cleared out space. There aren't chickens around when Sub-Zero is punching people. He's just... (laughs) I love if Sub-Zero accidentally lost the fight because he slipped on a chicken. (laughs) In our remake of Mortal Kombat. Um, but yeah, that's nonsense. Uh, Nathan, it seemed like you wanted to say something before the table flipping experience was was revitalized. Oh, it's, as far as I can tell, just from doing some quick Googling, uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion are both humans, and Reptile is an actual extra-dimensional alien creature from Outworld who is the last of a dying race that served Shao Tsu. Okay. Oh, God, that means that Liu Kang just committed genocide. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie doopsie. Why they're all wearing the same uniform and why he has it instantly when he gets thrown into the statue thing is not explained. The like physiology of the species of Outworld is also a little bit wild because Katana is just kind of a human. Yeah, and Goro is... is a four-armed goblin man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shosu is a it's from a different dimension entirely, so I guess that's yeah. not important. I don't know if we really covered this, but Shao Tzu is from a different realm that won the Mortal Kombat's necessary to take over Outworld, and uh, Kitana is the daughter of Outworld's former emperor, and also that's the weird spirit demon thing that shows up at the end of the movie, apparently, which I don't think that's ever actually explained. They did say it. I think they did mention it. 
Raiden, he does I think. Say, I, uh, I think, like, yeah, he shows up, he does his dramatic, like, your souls will be mine thing, and then I think Raiden's like, it's the Emperor, and then they do their freeze frame. I don't know anything about the sequel, so I don't even know if that's proper sequel bait, or if the <laughs> sequel is going to be completely different, and that's not going to be addressed at all. <laughs> that would be I better, but I'm going to assume until proven otherwise that it's going to be about that but yeah it's really unclear what the core species are and also like it seems like Shang Tsung is really bad at environmental management because Outworld seems to be entirely lifeless yeah his goal like his goal is clear he wants to take over Earth his intentions or reason for doing so are deeply deeply unclear since he didn't seem to do anything with Outworld he just kind of destroyed it yeah like clear villain intention unclear motivation it, it doesn't fit well, ever. I get what Ian Bison's deal was in Street Fighter. He was like a crazy dictator who wanted to take over a country because it would make him wealthy and powerful. Shang Tsung wants to take over other dimensions because that's what he likes doing, I guess. Step one, win 10 Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the score is also an interesting thing about this movie, actually. Uh, Lexi, did you notice any of the music, or was it just kind of like a tertiary concern for the nonsense film? I noticed the music, and I actually didn't think it was too bad. I thought it was probably appropriate. I didn't, like, do much research into it or think about it, but it sounded appropriate other I, I mean other than the fact that other than the times when it was literally just the mortal Kombat theme over and over that's the most appropriate though yeah <laughs> the, they do just have a scene where they're doing a big fight with like johnny cage sonya and Liu kang and like a bunch of mooks that's just the mortal Kombat theme yeah uh, which is great because the mortal Kombat theme is great fight me on this it's a great song this is one of the earliest movies to heavily feature a techno soundtrack mm. With, like, a lot of synthesized music. It's a weird choice for that, but I guess they were like, well, video games are electronic, so that makes sense. Even though the movie is not really technological in any meaningful way. In fact, it has basically no technology. Even the radios are broken on the island. <laughs> Which is another, like, Johnny Cage, Sonya attempted chemistry movement that just does not work. No. Yeah, so... Mortal Kombat isn't the best video game movie, certainly not the best one we've seen, but it's a good one to watch with friends, at least. I don't think we've come across anything so far besides Double Dragon that I would just be like, oh, and the animated Street Fighter. It's not on that level uh, of, like, it's not worth the effort. I, um, so when I actually came out of this movie, I was, the thought that was going through my mind was... I think Double Dragon did it better. Ooh, that's a take. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't I mean the villain's motivations are equally weird in that movie. But at least the effects were fine. Like, I don't, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, the effects were better. And I'll the world building that. was better. And I don't know. <sighs> I think there's less fun to be had with Double Dragon, though. There's a lot more competency. Yeah, I think. But it doesn't result in a more enjoyable experience, really. I think I might agree with that. So so this is, I'm going to do a, like a quick ranking here, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree. Cool? Sure. Go for it. Okay. So the best, the the worst of these, I'll start with the worst. I think the worst is the animated Street Fighter movie. Yeah. It's just painful. There's nothing good about it, unless you just like watching bad anime. And even then, it doesn't have a lot of the good bad anime stuff. 
Then I'm going to say Double Dragon because while it's kind of competent, it's mostly just kind of boring. And then there's like a weird slurry of Mortal Kombat Street Fighter, and it's really unclear to say which of those is better. But neither of them is actually good to watch unless you're in a crowd. Right. Then I'm going to say Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Because it's just so whack in so many ways. And also has that like interesting world building thing that Double Dragon attempts, but like way crazier. So even when it isn't good, it's good. And then obviously the only good one, Detective Pikachu, (laughs) which is actually a good movie, just like actually. Uh, Nathan, do you have any comments, questions, concerns with my uh, ranking so far? Seems pretty fair. So we've got like three tiers. We've got genuinely awful. We've got things that are fun to watch with a bunch of people. And we've got good movie. Got bad? We got good bad. We got good question mark. (laughs) No, good. Detective Pikachu is good. Yes, Detective Pikachu is good. So uh, it might be the only film in that tier, but it at least deserves that spot. So next on the bracket is Mortal Kombat Annihilation, (laughs) which is apparently worse. Oh, no. I have never seen it. I don't know anything about it. I, I'm going to look this up because I'm pretty sure it's got like something ludicrous, like a, a two on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> While you're doing that, I can fire off some fun facts about the production here. Definitely do that. So this shot in Thailand on location and the rest of it was done in California and they needed to use boats to get to the on-location areas where they were shooting in Thailand because they couldn't get there any other way. So they actually took the boats they were using and for the scene where they were moving between the boat that brought them to Shang Tsung's island and the island itself, they they took the boats that were used to transport the crew and the uh, equipment and they just stuck dragon car like dragon head <laughs> carvings on the front oh. to decorate them and use those as the boats in those shots. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Originally, Reptile wasn't in this movie at all. That would have been better. focus groups were not impressed with a lot of the fight scenes in the early cuts, so they added Reptile into the movie (laughs) to try and make it it more interesting. I mean... (laughs) Which is probably why they didn't know what he looked like for so long, because they added him so late in production. I've looked it up. I can tell you what the Rotten Tomatoes is, and keep in mind, Rotten Tomatoes is not a perfect system. It's got a lot of flaws, but I think it's telling when something is as low as this is. What is it? Two. Oh, God. Oof. 2%. 2%. Audience score of 24, which is not good either, actually. (laughs) That is a pretty good consensus of this is not a movie that is good. I don't know if it deserves it. I don't know. We haven't seen Annihilation yet. So it's going to be two. It might not be two to us, (laughs) but it's it's a two. So the only other thing I have that I really wanted to mention was New Line Cinema was really, they were really hopeful that this movie would be a hit because they pushed it from a May release date into the summer. Oh, that's a, they almost never do that. It's almost always the opposite. But guess what? This thing was a fucking hit. What? The 90s. Such a different time. Commercially, this movie made bank. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, congrats, I mean, there's a reason there was a sequel. It yeah. was number one for its opening weekend. Against what? In the summer, in August. Um, oh my gosh. 
I don't know what came out. That's important yeah. to figure out here. So it stayed at number one for three weeks. Three oh, weeks? Grossed 70 million domestic <laughs> off its $20 million budget and then took in 122 in the worldwide market. Okay, what was the day this came out? Uh, August 18th, 95. This is why Paul W.S. Anderson is allowed to still make movies. He does tend uh, they, to make money. The somehow. other the other ones that came out on this day according to this Okay, yeah, the other one was The Babysitter's Club, Butterfly Kiss, uh Jeffrey? Wow, this is not a good week. Yeah. Uh before this was a romantic film, A Walk in the Clouds, starring Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so oh, yeah, Dangerous I... Minds. Which is also not good. And just a week previous to Mortal Kombat, a kid in King Arthur's Court, which has held up better than Mortal Kombat, I think most people would say, although I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember enjoying it. So yeah, yeah not I exactly guess a tight competition. <laughs> if you're going to release a movie like this, finding a weekend like that is the way to go because yeah, it's uh, still the eighth highest grossing video game adaptation ever released. Uh, <laughs> uh. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Hopefully our podcast will help to remedy this problem and it'll just make better things to impress us in the future. <laughs> oh, oh, I think that's a good note to end this on. Yeah. That despite everything we have to say about it. Sometimes art makes money even when it's bad. <laughs> Sometimes things that are expensive are our worse. worse. <laughs> um, so I think it's safe to call this an episode. Let's give our arbitrary ratings. Uh, how many punches out of kick do you give this movie, Nathan? I give this movie um, two punches out of one bicycle kick. Okay, that's a good good rating. I think that's fair. Lexi? I give this one back fist plus like a couple like solid jabs for moments of technical competency out of like a 73 hit combo chain. <laughs> Finish it. Um, <laughs> mm, I give it one uppercut out of four Goro arms. <laughs> So this has been Video Game the Movie the Podcast. I can be found at Kenzie Phoenix on Twitter. Uh, Nathan? I can be found at Bert Nerd Tram. And Lexi? And I can be found at Conwell underscore Alex. You can find our show on Twitter at VGTM Podcast. Mortal Kombat! Mortal Kombat! And also, they just wrap all of the characters' names after. Yeah. Fucking poker rap of the characters' names. Liu Kang. Sub-Zero. Oh, also, Sonya Blade, fine video game action name, terrible character name. What was, how do you get the family name Blade? How does that happen? I don't believe that's a thing. Although one of the actual people on this movie was named William Newt. So, N-O-O-T? Newt? <laughs> Newt, Newt. <laughs> I'm sorry, William Newt. Newt, Newt. I'm sure you get that all the time. Or if you don't, I'm very sorry to bring it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if William Newt's listening to this, sorry, but I found your last name humorous. Uh, that's it. Goodbye. Don't don't be afraid to come back. And game over. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs>